It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and Happy New Year from all of us here on the Media Podcast. I'm Ollie Mann. Uh, on today's show, as is our custom for this time of the year, we bring a veritable feast of media pundits and creatives together from the worlds of print, radio, TV and online to give their vision for the year ahead. We've got Matt Deegan, Lisa Campbell, Jake Cantor, Camilla Lewis, Maggie Brown, Helen Zaltzman, Paul Robinson, Faraz Osman and more, telling us what to expect in the media in 2016. Plus, the ghost of podcasts past will hold them to account for last year's predictions. That's all to come on today's media podcast. And joining me in the hospital club today is the creative director of Folder Media. It's none other than Matt Deegan. Hello, Matt. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Uh, he says in a way that doesn't suggest this is in <laughs> any way pre-recorded. What have you been up to slash were you preparing to be up to over Christmas? What a busy Christmas it's been. <laughs> <laughs> what a tragic news event conspired. Oh, it was terrible <laughs> to hear about that. Okay, so let's let's come clean. This was recorded before Christmas. <laughs> but on Christmas Day, would you have been watching the D- Downton finale? Because uh, I think that is what I'll be doing after listening to Ollie Mann on LBC, of course. I would choose Downton over EastEnders. Of course, there are other people in the living room to battle against. So we will see who went straight to PVR or not. But you are all about Christmas Day in front of the, the telly and the box set, Oh, you? God, we, we, every year we talk about a walk. We never go on a walk. Yeah. We talk about one. It's too much choice, isn't there? Before we look ahead, so what's going to happen in this episode, we're going to look at everyone's predictions from all our expert pundits. But before we take yours, Matt, uh, let's start with your predictions from last year. Uh, where according to producer Matt, you got it 60% right. Okay. So that's not, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take uh, that as a win. So here's what you said last year. You said we'd see the death of the crap TV aggregators. Yes, I think sort of aggregators in, on the whole. So anything that like sucks up other people's content and spews it out, the poorer ones will disappear. And I think... And did they? Well, I think for stuff like we've seen it in our music streaming, so things like RDO yeah. has kind of been con- sort of subsumed into Pandora now. Even Sat- Beats kind of went away. And Apple Music had a lot of negativity surrounding it. You know, these are hard things to do now because the market's quite mature. Um, so I think we have started to see that. You know, SoundCloud's even looking you know, a little bit wobbly based on rights and all of that stuff. So I think more of that to come this year. Okay, so you're saying you got that one right. Uh, <laughs> last year you said as well that Bauer and Global will be fighting each other on a national scale. That was true. Yep. Um, the big battle you said would be Magic versus Smooth with more ads on telly for both. Yeah, so I think we've seen Michael Bublé pop up for Smooth, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Uh, and Magic has run a has run a campaign, not 
it hasn't been as strong as maybe I thought. But, you know, they, they, they are two big beasts. We had the launch of Smooth Extra, that's now kind of Smooth Christmas for Christmas, uh, which had nearly a million listeners. So that's been the Smooth brand. And then we're going to see in March, April, the launch of Mel- Mellow Magic. Yes. So more soft radio battles for 2016. Are they now calling it Mellow Magic? I believe so. So Good. there's lots of rumours that it was going to be called Magic Mellow. Idea. It wasn't a rumour, it's what they put on their application, yes. wasn't it? Magic think, Mellow. I Terrible, think, like literally the worst name for a radio station ever to be greenlit. I sort of look, looked at that and it's like, the person writing this does not listen to the radio stations. Uh, and you also said, sticking with radio, which is, after all, your special area, that mm. we would see in 2015 less radio talent switching stations as we see the rise of the national radio personality. Yeah, so I think what I was trying to say was that um, it's all about national and big names, uh, which, which obviously the bigger one was Moyles. Yes, and that, um, let's be honest, you missed that. I mean, you missed both the return of Moyles, but also <laughs> XFM becoming Radio X and going national. Um, that's, that's kind of the biggest radio story of the year that you missed. I just chose not to say them. It, wasn't, <laughs> it, was, it was there in my other predictions, but you know. You also missed UTV selling up. Oh, used to be saying their telly, mm-hmm. uh, but they've kept their radio mm-hmm. for the moment. That's right, but you missed dot, it. Dot, dot, dot. Point being, you missed it. Yes, I suppose so, Ollie. Yeah. So, let's move on to 2016 with that track record. Let's, <laughs> let's pray silence as we hear what Matt Deegan predicts for this media year. So I thought I'd look at radio and I'd try to be more specific this year so you can hold my feet to the fire nice. uh, this time next year. Um, I think we'll see a spin-off uh, for Heart. So Perhaps yeah, Kidney? Uh, more, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, so Heart is the big gap in Global's kind of expansionist policy you know, we've seen it with capital you know we've seen uh with capital capital extra uh we've seen uh radio x kind of be the finishing of that lbc went national i think heart lacks a truly national thing so we'll see what that is but they can't do it to all their breakfast shows can they because that's no, a licensing issue no, i think there'll be a new radio station a new, like radio a new station. heart spin-off with a big breakfast show do you think i think that they will put some effort into uh, the heart spin-off Okay, good. All right. What else have you got? Uh, I think we will also see a Radio 2 shake-up. I think uh, Radio 2 lineup uh, is very successful, uh, has done very well. The best time to change something is when things are going well. Does this mean that Vanessa Feltz won't have to get up at three o'clock in the morning? Because well, it, she's been waiting for a long time for a better gig to come along, hasn't she? But then she? she's just taken the BBC London breakfast show. So oh, she, true, yeah. So she does her early breakfast show, then her BBC London breakfast show. So I think she is perhaps out of the running uh, for a Jeremy Vine or, or something like that. But I think he's pretty solid. I think I think we might see some some other changes around Radio Two. Come on, make a make a bold prediction. Who's going then? Mayo. Uh, I think uh, there's too many men, aren't there? That's the issue. There's too yeah, many, that's why I said Fels. And but also I think uh, Sarah Cox has done like an excellent job this year. Mm. And for someone who was really pilloried for her Radio One breakfast shows back mm. in the day, talk about learning a craft, being naturally funny, and doing a great job on Radio Two. Uh, whether that's regular weekends or that's uh, into the the, the main uh, the weekday schedule. But I think yep, yeah, due for a shake up. Okay, just leave Tony Blackburn alone. That's all I ask. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, finally, last oh, one. Yes. So, last one. Um, Another radio one, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd go full throttle radio yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think what we'll also see in the UK, we have DAB Digital Radio, which is doing does very well. It's the twenty five percent of radio listening is DAB. There is a slightly newer flavour of that called DAB Plus, which mm-hmm. is what the countries who've come late to DAB have gone for, and that means you can squeeze in more stations at slightly higher audio quality. Uh, but only the newer radios pick it up. There are still millions that will get it, but uh, only the newer radios pick it up. I think we will see quite a few DAB Plus stations. I think 2016 is going to be the year where there is more radio, and it's going to be in DAB Plus. 
Really? And will that include the new car DAB radios? Yeah, so all in-car radio, all in-car DAB radios from the last pretty much five years are all DAB Plus as standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's over three million. Uh, and pretty much any radio sold in the last two years is DAB Plus. You as a punter, you don't need to think about it or look at it. Um, a bit like Freeview and Freeview HD. Mm. Um, you know, the newer boxes get the newer stuff and it the older happen. ones gradually dissolve. Um, and so I think we'll see that. And what that means is potential for more spin-offs squeezing more stuff on and and probably kind of newer entrants who couldn't really afford to to get big early on are gonna are, are gonna go to more areas okay you've made some fairly bold predictions yeah. I'm, i must just push you whilst we're on radio though mm. for how you think the big new launches are gonna do we've got yep. a, we've got virgin coming back uh, and we've got basically talk radio being reincarnated so for for utv they're launching three services talk sport 2 uh, which I think will be. That's going to work. I think that'll do really well. Everyone acknowledges that's going to work. There's a lot. There's a lot of sport going on. No risk. Um, not no risk, but but Small risk. Yeah. Um, I think what's going to be really hard though is the other two. So you know, talk radio uh, has some heritage, but you know, from quite a long time ago. And my radio debut, calling Jeremy Beadle on talk radio. Oh, uh, me too. Probably really. really? Caesar the geezer. So you you spoke to Caesar. Yeah. Wow there isn't lots of talent knocking around you know it's hard to find great people and they're going to need some great people that really stand out because they need the content to be the marketing because they launch all these stations they can't afford to spend a fortune on marketing them all they need the content to do the hard work that's going to be tough and I think end of the year talk radio will have got a bit of an audience but will be quite under expectations and Virgin so similar problem I think for Virgin Radio. You know, they are entering a complex market for you know the male end of things. You've got Absolute Radio uh, and you've got um, Radio X. Absolute has the heritage. You know Radio X has made a big splash with Moyles. Again, there's not a huge amount of talent to find to, to go to go and do that. I'm not sure they're going to do this. If I was them, I would make it an older radio station, 35, 55 people who have the Virgin heritage. But mm. I think. They want to try and keep it younger because that's a more attractive uh, marketing demo. Mm. I think, again, unless they've got to really pull it out of the bag with a couple of big names, otherwise you know, it's very hard to get, get, get traction. So a lot of work for the Liams uh, at UTV this year to, to get those stations. OK, Matt, thank you as ever for your wisdom. <laughs> all right. uh, we will be hearing more about radio predictions later with Paul Robinson. But first, let's head over to Broadcast Towers to consider the fortunes of television. Hello, I'm Jake Cantor. I'm the news editor of Broadcast. And uh, first of all, I got one wrong last year. I predicted that ITV would be sold, and it hasn't been. But the other one was right, which was BBC Three uh, moving online and that decision being approved, which it was by the Trust uh, last month. Uh, So looking ahead to 2016, I think that John Whittingdale is going to have to retreat a little after launching three major reviews in television. Well, the first of which being the BBC Charter Renewal. A lot of Big thinking about the BBC's future and uh, some controversial questions, but I think the BBC will be okay. I think it's fought its corner with quite a lot of fire and I I think it will come out reasonably unscathed. Uh, The second is uh, Channel 4's future. Uh, A lot of questions about it being privatised, but I think that uh, there'll be so much of a stink about this issue that Channel 4 will be fine as well. And the third thing is terms of trade. Uh, A lot of people saying that the review was completely unnecessary. There may be some tweaks, but I don't think it will be to the detriment of the production sector. So those are my thoughts for what they're worth. Uh, And here's some other predictions from Talking TV guests uh, for 2016. 
I'm Camilla Lewis, I run Curve Media, and my prediction for next year is that everybody who we don't expect will take over television, so we already know that Amazon and Netflix are doing it. God knows who's going to, we're going to be making programmes for next year, but all I also predict is that it will be a big factual hit that will hit our screens next year and surprise everyone and come from somewhere we didn't even see it coming. Uh, my name's Stephen D. Wright, TV legend. My prediction for 2016 is the BBC will have yet another scandal each week. And Channel 4 will probably be privatised by March the 1st. Hello, I'm Alex Farber, web editor for Broadcast. I'm going to steal one from Peter White, our international editor, which is Hulu to go international again to make a renewed push and try and compete with uh, the likes of Netflix and Amazon to become one of those subscription services that launches over here. I am Kula Anastasi. I am director of programming at Lifetime and Crime Investigation. My prediction is that Idris Elba will continue to dominate our schedules and our movie screens and he will be the hit of prime time and probably James Bond too. Lisa Campbell and I am the festival director of the uh, Edinburgh Television Festival. Anita Rani will become the new national treasure replacing Claire Balding because we all love an underdog and injustice and we want to, you know, to get our revenge for what happened to her on Strictly so I predict she'll be a massive star in 2016. Well, I'm now in Helen Zaltzman's flat, and look who I've bumped into. It's Helen Zaltzman. Welcome. I've spent some time here in the past. Yes, you have. (laughs) Get out. You, last year, Mm -hmm. uh, predicted exclusively to the Media Podcast that uh, 2015 would be an interesting year for podcasts. Nailed it. Uh, More shows with ambition, you said. I think that probably is true. I think that's true. Actually, yes. I think shows launching in 2015 were really different to the ones that were launching like the couple of years before where podcasting had like got a bit of heat behind it, but people were doing like, oh, I'll just interview someone and it'll be long and unedited. And and then in 2015, a lot of people launched like serialised dramas where there was obviously a lot of writing and production in or like some quite complex shows with some really beautiful soundscapes and like quite tightly edited and interesting storytelling and also i think an understanding probably that this is something that could in the future be monetized this is the thing that could build a brand all that kind of savvy thinking that americans have done typically or at least it was worthwhile and i think as well there have been some welcome developments like when buzzfeed launched their podcast i thought all right i better know what this is like absolutely not it's one of the things is that it's very progressive so it's a female-led production team i think nearly all of the staff are women nearly all of the show hosts are women and you've got another round which is hosted by two black women like when do you ever see two black co-hosts on like a talk show and it's really good and they had hillary clinton on the show which is a pretty major get did they on the buzzfeed show yeah on another round yeah that is pretty good uh, you also predicted last year that we'd hear in 2015 of British podcasts not made by famous comedians. Well, I started a new one in 2015 and I'm not a famous comedian, but I don't know if that counts. I don't think enough British podcasts did launch that year that were a big departure from other British podcasts, but maybe this will be the year. Maybe. Come on, Britain. And you also predicted Facebook will launch a Tinder-like dating function. I was far off the mark of that. They must have considered it, though. They must have, and then they must have thought, we do not want to be responsible for this. So, if you were to look into your crystal ball for 2016, Helen, in in the same sort of areas, what what would you be predicting? What would the podcast world look like, do you think, in 12 months' time? Okay, I think there's been a lot of gold rush in 2015, and I think that will continue. But I think some companies, by the end of 2016, will realise that it's financially unsustainable, what they've set out to do. I think quite a lot of nonsense companies will start up around podcasting. And I think it could take a few years for a lot of them to be flushed away. 
but um, I think it's going to carry on being really overheated and in a way that is not really supporting the stuff that is great about podcasts, which is the content and the interest in the people. It's going to be a lot of secondary and tertiary. Can I swear on this show? Yes. Bullshit. And do you think there's going to be, finally, a platform that comes close to matching the dominance of Apple's iTunes? Well, now Google and Amazon have waded in, possibly, but neither of them have been excellent at selling apps and therefore it might be years before they produce a a competent rival to itunes even though itunes hasn't really been updated since 2005 well it's the discovery isn't it Mm, it's still still... hard apart from through word of mouth or literally typing the word podcast into twitter to to find recommendation yes and in 2015 a lot of newsletters launched which were sort of tastemaker things i like these podcasts but they were usually the same kind of podcasts quite story-ish and so those were helpful. It was nice having a human introduction to certain shows, but also somewhat limited and very analogue because you had to know about that and then how to get a podcast and all of that. So yes, there is still room for that. If you like this, you would like this auto bot telling you what to listen to. Now, friend of the show, Miranda Sawyer, recently wrote <laughs> in her Observer Radio column that generally speaking in Britain, the podcasts we make are less ambitious than the ones they make in the US. Yeah. Um, I think that probably is true if you're generalising. Of course, there are exceptions to that. Yeah. Do you think that's going to change in the next year? Do you think we'll see shows that have the kind of resource and the kind of depth and range that you see in the American independence? I think even without those resources you can make a very interesting show and I think that is the distinction because a lot of great American producers started out with no money and no prospect of ever making any because this was before the boom but they still did it and that hasn't happened as much here but there are so many radio producers who are panicking and even ones who were in places like the BBC where they thought job for life they're suddenly like I need a plan B so I think if some of them actually really go for it rather than being like oh you know i can do this but without the restrictions of radio which means i'll just kind of fart it out then it could be really great if they try hard but you can't make people try hard and is it in the british temperament not to want to try hard don't know it's interesting that i think i agree with you that we're seeing a lot of radio professionals now who who aren't seeing it as either a hobby that they do on the side or something that they do when they lose their radio job but something that's complementary and actually the same in some ways to to making radio and and miranda said in a, a review towards the end of 2015 podcasts can actually be better than radio and I think probably overall there's more shit in podcasts because there isn't a filter. But some of the good ones are really a lot better than radio. And if you want to check out some of Helen's work that is uh, some of it better than radio. <laughs> uh, Somewhat better than radio. Uh, you could listen to The Allusionist. Sure, it's available. Which is available and also some show she does called Answer Me This, which I've heard is fine. <sighs> hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Maggie Brown, veteran media journalist, and uh, this is what I predicted this time last year. I said that there would be quite probably a takeover of ITV. This was based on the fact that clearly it is vulnerable and there's a lot of American uh, interest in it. The second prediction I made was that there would be action over the free licenses, the free BBC licenses for over 75s. I thought perhaps that they would be asked to pay something, but I didn't, of course, at that stage know who was going to win the election. Um, and my third prediction, which I do feel a little bit justified about, on, about was Andrew Neil. This was based on his strong performance on this week in the daily politics. I predicted that he would have a larger role to play in the BBC's political coverage because of partly his twinkle in the eye. And I have noted that, for example, he did do the Oldham by-election and with David Dimbleby, I think, doing his last election, I detected there was more work for Andrew taking place during 2015. The thing that's really dominating 2016 is public service broadcasting. What's the outcome going to be of the year in which the BBC's new charter is decided and John Whittingdale, the Culture Media Sport Culture Secretary, is having an examination of the options for Channel 4, including a privatisation and there's a great deal of uh, interest on the American side, Discovery being one of the key companies that is interested, I believe, in, in Channel 4 were it to be available. However, having said that, my prediction is that the BBC is going to be treated quite gently. And I base this on the fact that George Osborne, the Chancellor's got what he really wanted all along, which was that this over 75 licence fee, the free licence fees that were costing the Treasury £700 million now uh, a year, that has been abolished. Basically, the BBC has to live without that money. So my prediction is, yes, the BBC will get a new charter. I don't know what will happen with the governance, but I have a feeling that it may well uh, come out, uh, having taken a hit, more or less uh, intact. I think the whole fly-on-the-wall, fix-rig uh, approach, while wonderful with four, five, six-year-olds and maybe, um, you know, mothers having babies works, you know, still pretty well. Uh, I, th I think it, it's shown its limitations because in order to get the agreement of the community that you're filming and observing and their trust, you tend to have to come away with really good luck stories all the time, heartwarming stories. And I found it was getting a little bit cloying uh, in the last series, Educating Cardiff. And um, I, th I, I, would, I would put some question marks over that. Uh, it also showed its sort of limitations. There was a, a program called Tribe, again on Channel 4, looking at um, an Ethiopian tribe and how they, they lived. And 
I felt the format was sort of creaking a bit at the joints. So I think a little bit more acid in observational documentaries is, is needed. So in forecast mode, I would say uncertain but not disastrous weather for Channel 4. And for BBC Three, unsettled, uncertain, wrap-up warm. Well, I'm joined in the hospital club now by Faraz Osman and Paul Robinson. Uh, and chaps, do you have any predictions for this exciting new year ahead? Faraz. God, I almost give up. I mean, <laughs> you never really show what's happening until it actually happens. The big story was, is going to be the reshuffle uh, with Danny going um, and question marks over what's happening with Jay um, and Stuart moving on as well. We're going to obviously see some new big names come in. There, I w- I'm going to go. I'm going to stick my neck out and say we're going to see a big American name come to the UK um, and run one of the channels. Uh, I don't. That, that may well be Sky. Um, my next prediction will be that we're going to see a breakout hit from a new publisher. Uh, what I mean by that is, is uh, you know, uh, High Castle has become a, a breakout hit for, for Amazon and uh, Netflix obviously had House of Cards last year. I think that there's going to be a new player in the market and it's going to surprise all of us um, and that's going to be a new brand that everyone's going to be talking about. Um, so, but an online brand? And on, Well, I'm, I'm not sure where it's going to come from. I actually think that brand an existing brand itself could could do that um and I, it wouldn't surprise me if a a brand i mean you know red bullet making some really interesting moves and it wouldn't surprise me if if a if a brand like that ended up creating a format that we'll all be talking about paul do you agree that's a real possibility it's something that indies care about something that advertisers care about but actually do you think ad funded programming will ever create the story of the year you know something that people look back across this year and say well the highlight of 2016 for me was when you know pizza express did a series of videos i don't think it's impossible i mean i think the thing is now that the rate of change is such that it's almost impossible to call you know we would never have believed two years ago that we're talking about House of Cards and Game of Thrones and these shows as you know, such huge properties uh, when they're not on broadcast television, effectively. So I think it's unlikely, but I think it's not impossible. OK, chuck um, a prediction into the pot for us, Paul. OK, so we are going to see further growth of pay TV in 2016 with another player coming into the market, and I think they're going to do very big things, and that is Vodafone. Uh, mm. They've been shopping um, for the last couple of years, buying up uh, assets all over Europe. Saving um, their in taxes. In the UK, they've not actually bought anything, but uh, uh, they will launch this year. And uh, I think they're going to very quickly become, not if Sky scale or Virgin Media scale, but probably they will very quickly become the third largest pay TV player in the UK. So sort of doing a BT Sports, but if, if they're not attaching themselves to sport content like BT have, how are they going to do that? How are they going to make a case for why you should pay them money too? Well, they won't be uh, buying Premier League rights but they'll probably actually wholesale take wholesale the Sky and BT sports channels Um, what Vodafone have is 7 million customers in the UK I'm going to throw a curveball just just to make this interesting and I'm going to say the opposite I think we're going to lose some pay TV some some big name pay TV uh, channels brands out Uh there Um, uh, I don't know which one it is and I I don't want to kind of sit here and claim that that one is more vulnerable than the others but I I think that there's almost too many of them out there and there's there's too much choice and I think that that one is going to is going to have problems in a similar way that that Yahoo have, have suffered from the search engine wars of the early 2000s I think that we're going to see 
um, somebody fall out from the uh, from the pay TV walls. Yeah. Talk Talk's got to be looking a bit perilous at this stage, hasn't it, Paul? I'll I'll go where Faraz wouldn't. No, I don't think it does. I think Talk Talk's had a, a hiccup. Uh, Talk Talk has got a particular customer segment, which is the the blue collar, low cost segment. Uh, no one else is serving that. Sky not interested. They want high ARPU. So no, Talk Talk will continue in that segment, and I think they'll continue to be a number four or number five player. The other thing is, I, I do totally disagree with you, uh, but it'd be interesting to see. Uh, you may well be right, and I may be wrong. I think we're also going to see uh, players in this country spreading out overseas. I think we'll see at least one of the big pay players in this country uh, moving into other markets because they want to halt the advance of Netflix. And the reason for that is Netflix's buying power is getting too big. Paul, have you got anything radio-wise for us? Uh, I have, by the way. It just, yeah. just happens to be. Yes, yeah. I have. Well, last time I, I said that uh, UTV Radio was going to be uh, acquired by either Bauer or uh, by Global. I was wrong about that. But you think but, it might happen well, this year? Except I was sort of partly right because UTV Radio will cease to exist this year uh-huh. as an entity because UTV Television was sold to ITV and of course uh, the brand is not going to be allowed to be used by the radio assets that have been left behind. I still think those assets will go somewhere. Uh, now they're parted from the television network, I think they are going to be too small sitting on their own and they will end up being acquired. But I And think would that be too audacious for Global to buy? They, they seem like brands that would have to go to Bauer if they were going anywhere I, else. I, I don't think it's necessarily going to go to Bauer. I think uh, Global have got more cash and and uh, more resources. I think probably Global is the favourite to uh, to acquire them if, if regulation uh, allows it. And what does that mean then for the new talk radio? Because they'd be a rival to LBC uh, if they were owned by someone else. Well, that's the other point. I mean, these new brands on Digital 2 are going to have pretty small distribution. Uh, I think they're going to struggle. They're going to have very, very tough time. And I suspect that some of those brands will not make it beyond this year. And of course, if my boss is listening, what I mean, of course, is that they will provide no rival to LBC at all, quite clearly. Uh, Faraz, another prediction. Well, I, this, is a, this is quite a good prediction for me to make, because I don't know how you can particularly quantify this. But I, I do think that we're going to start seeing brands move away from being radio brands or magazine brands or television brands. I, I think that things like, you know, you mentioned LBC, there, there's no reason, as we were talking earlier off, off air, about the rise of LBC on, on Facebook via video. And I think that we're going to see more and more of these radio brands doing video work on, on social networks. And, and in the, on the flip side of that, we're going to see more magazines doing podcasts and we're going to see more magazines. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the, the Wire TV show popped up on, on some, uh, what would probably be something like Apple TV, where it can be a channel an app channel in its own space so I think that we're going to see a lot of blurring of the lines of, of this this feeling that a, a magazine brand can only be a magazine brand I think Esquire TV is launching next year as well and we're going to see lots more of that where, where these big brands for want of a you know, for, for want of a better word are, are going to be uh, media brands across different types of mediums uh, Paul, let's look over what you predicted uh, oh dear. for 2015. Yes. Uh, Radio One's audience and hours will continue to decline and its video content will not be the right strategy pretty good yeah well I mean uh, Radio 1's audience has continued to go down and will continue to go down this year Um, you know 2 million YouTube subscribers is okay but it's not even in the top 20 I think that's nothing compared to an audience of 11 million so I think they've got a long way to go on the video strategy and the reason is there's nothing on there that's really compelling you know you know DJs sort of doing stuff uh, sitting on wrecking balls and stuff is fine it's not enough 
You said there will be a new female presenter on either Radio 2 or 5 Live. Bit of whole schedule shake-up at 5 Live, but not necessarily a particularly prominent female presenter. No, not really. I think I failed on this one, really. I mean, Anna Foster and Sue Donnelly have got uh, daytime slots, but they haven't got the same sort of profile. So I think actually more work to do, Controllers Radio 2, Radio 5 Live, to find some new female talent. Happened in BBC Local Radio, but not happened really on the networks. Uh, Google or YouTube will move into higher-end content with a paid subscription model. You're right about that. Well, they've done that. Sort of. Uh, Yep, sort of. Uh, You know, YouTube Red does that. I mean, YouTube Kids does that. Uh, They'll continue, I think, to move into subscription. It's a great source of revenue. And what's nice about it is it's recurring revenue. Unlike advertising, you know, it comes in every month. Very nice business model. EE will be swallowed by BT. Mobile services will become a much bigger thing. EE has indeed been swallowed by BT. BT have bought EE, and EE will disappear as a brand during 2016. And, of course, the amount of consumption on mobile devices has massively massively increase and will continue to increase in 2016 so i think i get two points for that one okay no good. no no i'm glad i, I wanted you were certainly skeptical there I, because I, I wanted you to be extra smug so that i could hit you with this oh okay bake-off will be on the decline with audiences of around two to three million I in was 2015 wrong about this. Totally wrong you weren't just totally you, you more than totally totally wrong. wrong but i still i still think bake-off will decline but maybe it's going to take a bit longer yeah, another five cakes, years the cakes are still rising but i think they will start to decline i do think home bakery is past its peak We'll see a well-behaved BBC, you yes, said. I think we have indeed seen yeah. that. We've seen a boring BBC, a well, bland Tony, BBC. Tony Hall, Tony Hall doing all the right things, trying to uh, you know, suck up to those he needs to suck up to to get a licence fee settlement, being wrong-footed a couple of times, but uh, no major banana skins, a conservative, safe BBC. We want a risk-taking BBC, but up to licence fee, we've got a conservative, well-behaved BBC. I think that's exactly what's happened. OK, he's put, put a lot of... Uh Strong defence up for what he said last year. Uh, so we'll, we'll revisit these predictions next year, Paul. Yes, I'll probably do worse. When, uh, when Bake Off is finally dead. No, Bake Off won't be dead next year, it will decline. For Az Osman, it is time to put your 2015 predictions under the microscope of truth. Uh, in 2014, you claimed that in 2015 we would see, quote, a lot of change. Yeah, I'm right that's with that one. That's, how, that's, how, that's my Mystic Meg prediction. <laughs> you also claimed, no more elimination formats, we're over that. Yeah, I think that's correct. Um, we're seeing a lot of old formats that are continuing to go along. Uh, you know, uh, it, I think it, it goes on to one of my other predictions that I made, and I think that the, the, the bizarrest story has been the voice and the fact that that's swapping broadcasters. But uh, but those eliminations, well, certainly the X Factor is in decline, um, and we haven't seen an, that I can think of. We haven't seen a new elimination format commission. Well, and of course that that big ITV one that was commissioned from Israel. What was it called? That was yeah. Uh, that went. Uh, you said this is the other uh, prediction that you were alluding to. There, there's a new war for Saturday night entertainment. Some exciting new formats will be unveiled. Some will fail, but there will be one breakout hit. That hasn't happened really. No, it? and that's actually it's bizarre. That it's that abysmal. Hasn't that hasn't. I, I imagine. I imagine there's lots of development going on behind the scenes. You know, you obviously mentioned Rising Star earlier, and that didn't quite work. Uh, it's it feels suspicious to me that ITV have taken on the voice format uh, because that suggests to me that they don't they haven't found something that they think is going to work uh, Saturday night continues to be a difficult space and and actually it feels like a lot of people are doubling down on drama as a way to to, to fit that actually I've just thought of quite a big format that sort of came into its own last year and has elimination in it that Bear Grylls Island one that's great 
Has that got elimination in yeah. it? Yeah. Like... Well, sort of. People leave the island because they collapse their exhaustion. Effectively, <laughs> it's kind of yeah, like I don't, elimination. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's elimination though. I, I, I class elimination as people voting. People or, voting. Or like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And... Fair enough. Right. You also said there will be lots more music programming on television. Yeah. Of course, I said that. I run a company that does music programming. It's good although, to retain your optimism. Yeah. Although we had two series of Four to the Floor, which is now broadcast nominated. So fingers crossed that we'll be coming home with one of those gongs. Um, the launch of Apple Music has has seen a lot more uh, music content in that space as well. And, and Spotify and Apple and and now Pandora and and all of these guys are, are doing some interesting stuff. Whether it's music TV programming is is a question mark. Although we have seen the return of TFI Friday, which is you know you could argue is a is a music format. It's it's a return. I don't know if it's new, um, but there there does seem to be briefs that are going out from the BBC at the moment about um, uh, new big music programming. So hopefully it might not be quite a year long prediction, but it's a I'm going to say an 18 month prediction. Okay, so you're still feeling optimistic. Yeah, still There'll still be some music well. program. What do you think that kind of show would might look like? Or at least, what would it like if you were running the BBC? <laughs> the thing about music programming, and we, and we say this a lot as Lemonade Money, is is that a lot of music programming is things like Glastonbury, or it's things like you know concert programming that's then put on TV because it's got a big brand name behind it. Actually, what we need to see is is more programming that's that's less about experiences that are seen elsewhere, be it music festivals or concerts, and, and more music programming that's made bespoke for television. That's what I think a lot of customers want to see. And, and if you look at what, you know, obviously what we did with Four to the Floor, and, and probably more famously what Coldplay have done with something like Ghost Stories, it's it's very well-planned, thought-through, visual music content. Um, and that's what I want to see more of, because I think that you want to have a something that you can actually watch and feel like you're getting a better experience by watching the content rather than just listening to it. And finally, you said, uh, quote, more verticals, uh, channels as brands diminishing and verticals like music, arts and entertainment becoming a bigger thing. So BBC Music has, has um, started to get, get its own identity with the, with the BBC Music Awards and they're, they're commissioning as a music space rather than as part of a channel. I do think that BBC Arts hasn't cut through in a way that a lot of people expected it to. I still feel, again, with the closure of BBC Three and things moving online, that people are going to navigate online content via genres mm. and not via BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, BBC Four. That, that's going to mean less and less, and, and people are going to click on drama or entertainment or art um, more and more, and, and we'll see a reshuffle of, uh, uh, of how EPGs and, and online graphic interfaces are, are put together as a result of that. But when? I mean, let's say, yeah, do you think by the end of this year. year there will be, you know, as powerful a brand identity for BBC Entertainment as there is for BBC Sport? As for BBC Sport, yeah, I think, um, I don't know, it depends what you class as powerful, but, but, you know, BBC Sport isn't a channel. There's no channel called BBC Sport. There is a channel called BBC News, but there's no channel called BBC Sport. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've um, got a powerful standalone identity, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I'm not interested in sport, but I can picture the bloke sitting in front of the yellow logo in Salford. <laughs> well, exactly. So, so does that does that end up being a, a vertical of its of its own right? I mean, I guess it is a vertical, but not on, on not from a television point of view. You can't click on BBC Sport as part of the top of the iPlayer, and I think you will be able to do that during this year. I, I'm surprised that you're not able to do that now, but it's it's going to happen. It has to happen. Um, because that's how audiences want to navigate content. Well, let's return in January 2017 for us and see, see how wrong you were this year. Well, that's it for this special edition of the Media Podcast. We're going to take a little break now, till February, or at least until we can raise the money to make another full episode. Just stay subscribed to us, and it will download as soon as it's ready. That's how the technology works. Just head to themediapodcast.com to find out how. Today's show is dedicated to Richard Smith, Philip Mansell, Pear Larson, Nicholas Caruana, and someone who only goes by the name... 
the big shot. Uh, similarly, these wonderful people should be lauded for setting up recurring payments. Thank you. Uh, that will hopefully allow us to continue making this show long time. Massive thanks to Alan Norris, Richard Holmes, John Irwin, Peter Herdman and Paul Thompson. And to David Gregory, who would like to dedicate his cash to the Buy Maggie Brown a Martini Before Every Recording subfund very wise. Uh, to join these swelling ranks and to keep us on the air, go to themediapodcast.com slash dedicate and support the show. Thank you very much. I've been Ollie Mann, the producer Matt Hill. The Media Podcast is a PPM production. Until next time, Happy New Year and bye-bye.